Welcome to B-Town Real Property Talk with Lance De Silva. Hello there, Lance. How's it going? Happy to be here again for episode three. And we also have a special guest with us, Eric Dodes, who is one of Lance's recent clients. Hello, Eric. Hello, happy to be here. So, Eric, say a few words about who you are and how you and Lance came to work together. I am the assistant director at the Indiana University Hillel. That is a job that Lance had previously before he went into realty full time. And that's how we met. I took over for him. And we had talked uh, a couple of times during that transition process. He and his father did some kitchen reno work with a backsplash and countertop at our old house. And as we started looking for a new one, he was our first call for a realtor. He was like, well, we, we already know a guy in Bloomington, so let's do this. So Lance, when Eric and his family approached you and they're like, hey, we need a realtor, what was their situation? Right. So their situation was a little bit tricky, but not uncommon. So they needed to purchase a home contingent on the sale of their home. And I think one of the benefits for Eric and his family was that they were looking to move within the Bloomington market. So they were already pretty familiar with Bloomington and the neighborhoods that they were interested in pursuing. But it did add some elements that we had to be aware of as we put offers on homes. And yeah, so that's that was their situation. So take us through the story of how you went about finding just the right home and how you went about managing this contingency situation. Well, let's see, it started, let me think, it started with that blue house over on the east end of Ellisville, I think. We, we saw a house, we weren't really looking seriously at the time. And there was this house for sale. And we thought it was a little bit high, a little price a little high, but we wanted to take a look at it. So we called Lance and brought him in and we got a tour of the house and just kind of filled him out. It's like, well, we, we can't afford what they're offering, but we also think that's priced a little high for what it is. What do you think we should come in at? And we, we put an offer that we thought was a little bit reasonable, I suppose, and they didn't go for it at all. But that kind of started the ball rolling. Once we got to where we wanted to actually seriously think about buying a house that was it. We were just like, okay, well, let's just keep looking. Yeah. I, I definitely think that when you write that first offer, that kind of puts buyers in motion. And that definitely happened with Eric. I think I wanted to say uh, the types of houses we were looking at when you're writing offers contingent on the sale of your home, the Bloomington market is in the spring. Well, the Bloomington market in general is competitive, but in the spring, it's super competitive. And that's exactly when we were looking. And so we were looking at homes that either were sitting on the market for longer than usual, or maybe they did need quite a bit of, of rehab or updates. And so those were the types of homes that we were looking at. And the reason we were kind of targeting those homes in the price point that, that they were at was because if we were looking at homes that were completely moving ready in their price point, we wouldn't have stood a chance in terms of the competitiveness of, of the offer. Not that we weren't writing good offers, but when, when you have offer that's contingent on the sale of your current property, it gives another buyer who doesn't need to sell their home that has similar terms in their offer a chance to just kind of swoop in or just 
have a stronger offer. So that that's kind of what we were up against. So Eric, it sounds like being in that particular situation, buying a home contingent and selling your own home could be kind of stressful because there's a lot going on. You can't really control the timing. Was it stressful? Yeah, I think people felt the stress more in some ways than others. I I was brought along with this process willingly. I was always of the mindset that if it didn't go through, then our house was fine. Like it didn't bother me if someone rejected an offer or if someone came in with a counter that we couldn't match or anything like that, because at the moment our house was, was serving us well. It was getting small. We were outgrowing it, but we weren't there yet. So I was, I think a little bit more patient with it. There were only a couple of times where I was really disappointed that something didn't go through or that it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. (laughs) I remember one that, oh, it was south of town, south of Tap Road. We put an offer in and it needed a lot of work, but it wasn't anything that we couldn't do. But the trim had been shooed up by dogs and things like that. The price was right. We put the offer in and it went through and they accepted it. And it was right next to some friends of ours and they were all excited. Oh my gosh, we're going to be neighbors. This is great. And then what was it like the next day or two days later or something like that? Yeah, I think it was two um, days later. Yeah. Then they called and said, oh, we got a, another offer that we want to take 24 hours to remove your contingency or we're going to go with this one instead. And it's like, ah, we were so close. The names were on the dotted line. But that ended up being a blessing in disguise because that house did need a lot of work. And eventually what we uh, ended up with was a much better house in a good location. My daughter didn't have to change schools or anything like that. So everything worked out in the end. It was kind of an emotional roller coaster, right? Because you put the offer on that house and you get accepted and you're already starting to plan. I remember Cheryl was already starting to plan what the rooms were going to look like, taking measurements, and then, and then, bam! Actually, no, <laughs> we're we're right back where we started. And so, I think, if I remember correctly, like when that other offer came in and kind of swooped in and took the property, we were almost at a point where we were like going back to the drawing boards, or like we were like thinking maybe we're going to put this search on hold. And like, it's a lot of work for both sides. It was a lot of work for for Eric and his family. And then it was a lot of work for me as the realtor in terms of like continually going through this process. But I was committed to the cause. (laughs) Well, I was thinking, I think we had that conversation about putting on a hold like four times. And each time we said that, it was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to back down. We're going to cool off for a second and not look as hard. And then like the next day, something would come up. Cause we always said, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to go to every single house that, that shows up. But if something like hits 90% of the boxes, we'll take a look at it. And I hope my wife might yell at me for saying this, but she's like a hawk on realtor.com. She just like all the time, she likes to look at them and, and check them out. So we would say that and then not 12 hours would go by and she'd be like, there's one. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess we'll go look at this one now. And but it just it went like that for weeks, I think. That does sound like an emotional roller coaster. And Lance, as a realtor, how did you go about helping 
Eric and his wife kind of manage the ups and downs? I think part of it was staying positive and just knowing that like, this is part of the process and there will be a home that will turn up. It, it always does. And so kind of keeping that in mind and then just kind of staying even keeled throughout the process. Eric was very rational and logical person, which actually makes going through a real estate transaction and working with your client much easier. <laughs> Once we kind of had, I think we had at least two failed attempts and then maybe even three. But once once we had a couple of failed attempts, I I kind of dug, dug a little deeper in terms of my network and tapping into the power of Century 21 Sheets, the firm that I'm a part of. And so I remember for weeks at our weekly sales meetings, I would talk about my buyer needs with Eric in mind. And so there was this one sales meeting where one of my colleagues had an upcoming listing that checked most of the boxes for Eric and his family. And we had an opportunity to check out the house and learn about the house prior to it hitting the market. And so that was kind of a game changer because I had a relationship with the listing agent. We were able to kind of learn about the house prior to hitting the market, which bought us time, right? Because the timing was everything. If we had an extra two weeks on some of the other houses that we had written offers for, maybe those would have come to fruition. So those two weeks were monumental prior to that, this other house hitting the market because we were able to kind of work out a deal before that house hit the market. And in the meantime, put their current house that they are living in on the market. That was a whole nother process, selling their home, which I'm sure added a little bit of stress for their lives as well. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, that's something that I think you really helped out with as well, because that's one of the things that I was the most nervous about. This market worked in our favor in that sense, because our house sold in like, I don't know, 12 or 24 hours or something like that. We had barely put the sign in the ground and we had an offer, but I wasn't prepared to take that on faith at the time. You know, one of the things that was the most stressful about this whole situation was the fact that we did have to sell our house. We couldn't put a down payment down without the money we were going to get out of the sale of the previous house. So I was continually worried about that until all the financing went through and everything else. Cause there was, you know, I saw a world in which the financing would fall through on the previous house. And then all of a sudden we don't have that house sold and our down payments come and due for the one that we're under contract for. And that that's what keeps me up at night is not being able to put all the pieces in place right one after the other. Yeah. That could cause a the ripple effect from hell. <laughs> I, it was pretty cool though, the day of closing and how title and the lenders and the transaction fairies just were able to do it, do these closings back to back to back. I don't know if many people know this, but like Eric closed on his house the same day that he was closing on the house that he was buying in back to back closings with the buyers. It, it's possible to be able to do that. It just requires the right professionals and just knowing that your buyers are coming with good financing. There was a lot to juggle throughout that process. So Eric, when Lance 
came to you guys and said, hey, I've done some digging and there's this house not even on the market yet. Let's go for it. And it ended up being the right place. That must have been pretty cool for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I was all about it. It was like, wait, we're going to see this before anybody knows about it. Great. Even if it doesn't turn out, that's fantastic. Let's go check it out. And it ended up being the house that we wanted that we ended up buying. It was almost a little bit of turning the tables a bit because at that point, my wife had been disappointed a couple of times with different offers that were rejected and things like that. And I don't think she was as keen to go. But I was like, we got to look at it. And it didn't take a lot of convincing for her either. I mean, we, we both went to go do it. I also think there was one house on, uh, oh, Logan Road, which is in the middle of town. It, it, it's kind of in this cul-de-sac area behind Whitehall. And it, it was big, spacious uh, lot. I think it was a couple of acres. But the house needed so much work, so much work. And I was just not having it. And that realtor kept calling, asking about that house. I remember that because that realtor kept calling Lance and be like, hey, have they have they thought about this house anymore? Are they going to are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? Because it had been on the market forever because it needed a lot of work. If this one hadn't come along. I don't know how long I could have held off Cheryl from pulling the trigger on that one because I think she wanted to be done with the whole thing. But yeah, I guess the, the stars just kind of align. Things happen when they need to. And it sounds like it also really is a good thing to have a good realtor in your corner. So Eric, having gone through this process, which had a happy ending, fortunately, say a few words about what it means to have the right realtor in your corner and what you learned going through this process about the value of a good realtor and about working with Lance specifically. It makes all the difference in the world. I mean, people can watch HGTV and they can think they know what they're talking about, but it's, it's not true. I mean, there's so many things that have to fall into place when you get the offer signed. Let's not even talk about finding the right house and having those connections. Uh, but more important than that, having a realtor that you trust to have your best interests uh, at heart and to go and look for things that are worth looking at. It's not just going to throw every house on the market at you is 100% the entire battle when it comes to looking for a home, especially in a market like Bloomington. We've been in situations in other locations where either buying or selling, I think actually this instance was selling where we sold our house in Kentucky to come up here and that realtor that we used to sell our house wasn't as aggressive, I guess, as they should have been in order to get everything done in a timely manner. And we waited forever for all of it to go through, for all the paperwork to go through, for the appraisal to happen. And by the time it did, we ended up losing money on the deal because it appraised for a different value than it would have before the housing market had changed. So yeah, I can't say enough about the importance of having a realtor that you trust and a realtor that is knowledgeable about the market in the community that they're working in, the ability to work with as many other realtors as possible, as many loan agents as possible, and and to get all those ducks in a row so that things happen seamlessly. Because there's it is a domino effect. One thing can go wrong and tank the entire process right up until you put the final signature on the final document. And I don't ever relax until that final signature is on that final document. 
So I don't think I can overstate the importance of a good realtor. As far as what I learned is just patience and allowing the imperfect to pass by, if that makes sense. And what is the saying? Don't let perfect be the enemy of the good is also a thing because, you know, this house that we're in is what we need. Is it move in ready? But yes, we could move in. Are there things to do? Obviously, yes, as well. There are always going to be projects and things like that. But there's got to be a threshold that's acceptable. And if it falls below that threshold, don't don't be wishy-washy about it. Just let it go. Something will come up, even if it takes a little bit longer. So Lance, having now gone through this process with Eric and his family, what did you learn from this journey? Well, first of all, thanks, Eric, for for saying all those nice things. I think it was an absolute pleasure getting to work with you guys. I learned a ton through their transaction. And actually, one thing that I learned, and I had mentioned it to Eric, but Eric was not into this idea. There are ways lenders have gotten creative in terms of helping buyers remove contingencies such as needing to sell their home. We can call it forms of like bridge or gap funding. And so there are there are loan products out there where if let's say let's say we were looking at homes that were like completely move and ready and they were multiple offer situations, we weren't. So it, it allowed for some flexibility. But I guess one idea that I had in my head was, well, if I do have a client in the future that's looking for these types of homes that need and they want completely move and ready, I would strongly, strongly almost urge them to consider this gap funding. Because again, we talked about it before, this, the Bloomington market's very competitive. And in the spring, when you've got a home that's worth putting an offer on that's move and ready, it's going to fly off the shelf. So that's one thing that I learned. I think Eric kind of touched on it, but I, I think trusting the process and being committed to the process, it's experiencing defeat numerous times. The client's going to feel heartache and I may feel heartache as well, but you know, my job is to be the one who really like stays positive, continues to provide opportunities and kind of get them to the finish line. And so I think with Eric's transaction, I was definitely challenged in that respect. We started, do you remember when we started? Was it? It was right at the beginning of spring. I want to say March or so. Okay. And okay. We, we moved into this house in July. So it was a solid part of the year. Okay. Yeah. It, it was It was at least a quarter of the year, which yeah. when you're looking for homes, a lot of home buyers might look for homes for a couple weekends and then they're under contract and bing, bang, boom. It's a four to six week process. That was not the case <laughs> for, uh, for for Eric and his family, but you know, it's part of real estate. And well, and, we had some yeah. pretty specific demands too. I mean, there were, there were some things that we had to have, not the least of which is, is my home studio here because I, I do moonlighting as a podcast editor and sound designer and voice actor. So I needed a space that I could do that in that's relatively sequestered that I can shut away and not have to hear anything. And so there were, there were definite unique conditions to any house that we were looking at. My wife works from home, so she had to have a home office. We have a seven-year-old daughter, so there has to be space for 
all of her things because I think it took half the moving truck just to get her stuff over here. So yeah, it, I, I don't envy Lance the job. It was a challenging set of conditions that we had to go with. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the story had a happy ending and you found the house that was meant for you. Thank you. And good job, Lance, on helping Eric and his family find the right house. Thank you. And I'm, I'm glad I was able to do it. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, Lance. Thank you, Eric, for a great conversation. And thank you, audience, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. That's it for this episode of B-Town Real Property Talk. To keep up with all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts. B-Town Real Property Talk is brought to you by De Silva Property Group, making real estate simple. 